If everybody else jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? It's a question that I remember growing up whenever something would happen and then I'd say, well, but everybody else was doing it and then mom or dad would say, if everybody else jumped off a cliff, would you go follow them? And I think that's almost, it's, it can be like a little bit of a dismissive question to, to what's happening, but I think if we were in the situation, more of us than we would think would probably say yes. I've just been noticing how easy it is for other outside influences to form my opinion about things. Just think about all the stuff that's coming in and how much that influences the way that I think and the way that I speak. We see that with, just with, with our, you know, our families and friends, our relationships influence the way that we think. Social media, the news, other whatever kind of media. We just take in so many things. And as I listen to podcasts or to the news or to whatever, I, 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 it's the, the, the default almost is for me to just kind of adopt the first thing that I hear. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that'll be my opinion, right? And just making this other thing what I think as opposed to taking the information and like critically thinking about it and making my own opinion for myself. It's very easy to just kind of get swept away in the movement with everybody else, right? How many times do people kind of just go along with the crowd? That's how we get all these big crowds of movements. With a lot of people not even really thinking about why they're doing what they're doing or really like thinking through the full implications of their actions. We just get swept away with the, with the majority or with the crowd and, and, and just kind of go along with it. I say that to open up this question that Jesus poses to his apostles. First he says, who do other people say that I am? And they'll say, you know, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. What's funny is that all the things that the other people are saying are, are actually wrong. Kind of shows what happens whenever we can go along with the crowd without actually thinking about it. I'm not usually right. So he says, who do other people say that I am? Then he asks a super important question. But who do you say that I am? So many times, especially when it comes to the faith, especially in South Louisiana, we just kind of go along with, with the crowd, right? We just go through all the sacraments because that's just what we do. That's what my grandparents, that's what my parents did. So we're just kind of going along without ever kind of making the decision for myself, right? It's common to hear, I was Catholic, but, or I was raised Catholic, but, was, I was, that, that, what that means is that I was Catholic, yeah, but I never really chose it for myself, but at some point I chose something else, right? I never made that, that decision, that, 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 um, that, that grasping for myself. And it's, it's easy when, it, when it's part of the culture like it is here, just kind of, it's just what we do, we don't really think about it. But that question that Jesus asks us is something that I think each one of us has to reflect on. Who do you say that I am? Not what everybody else says, not what I'm supposed to say, not just knowing the intellectual answer of who Jesus is, or knowing all the things about Jesus, but who do you say that I am in your life? Because the answer to that question is what determines everything. Everything that Jesus says to Peter in the Gospel doesn't make sense. The entirety of the church doesn't make sense if we don't stop to answer that question for ourselves, who do you say that I am? 
And that's not a, um, a lot of times it's not a once for all, total, one time answering of that question. Because I think a lot of us would agree, like yeah, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God. In some sense, that's why we're all here today, because we acknowledge that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is God. He instituted this church, and, but then we come to Mass on Sunday to honor Him and to pray to Him and to unite ourselves to Him. But we can all also agree, I think, that in a lot of our lives, we're not totally dedicated to Jesus. Or maybe He's Lord over these certain areas of my life, but He's not Lord over the entirety of my life. There's these certain areas where, well, no, I don't want Jesus to be there yet. He can, you can be Lord here, but not, but not in these areas. And so that answering of that question is, is, is a process. I'm slowly growing in my understanding of, and my acceptance, my claiming of Jesus as the real Lord and center of my life. Highlight the two examples that we get in the scriptures today of two different ways to answer that question. Both connected to keys. If you notice, that was a common theme in the first reading and in the gospel. We had Shebna in the first reading, who for I'd never heard of Shebna, honestly, before looking at the scripture passage today. And then Peter, who was given keys. They, were, they both had keys. And keys were a symbol of, in a, like, basically the prime minister. The number two in command. So he wasn't the king, but he was the guy who took care of everything for the king. He had access to all the things. So it's an acknowledgement, I'm number two, which means I'm not number one. And in the first reading, it's God giving a pretty harsh criticism to Shebna, saying, I'm going to take away the keys. I'm going to take away all these things from you because of what had happened immediately before this reading. So they had enemy nations who were coming in to, to invade the kingdom, and the king, who was Hezekiah at the time, he was trying to hold the people together, ensuring them confidently like God was going to provide. Shebna, on the other hand, built a giant tomb for himself at a very prominent place, which shows his confidence of what was about to happen. He, he had lost all hope. He had lost all trust. He had already been defeated. He didn't trust that God was actually God. He didn't trust that God would provide. In his mind, he was already done. I'm going to build this big tomb for myself and put it where everybody can see it to, to kind of spread the, this distrust in God. He's not, he's not going to provide. He's not the Lord. He's not, his plan is not going to come to fruition. Peter, on the other hand, is not perfect. Peter had made plenty of mistakes before. He said a lot of stupid things up to this point, and he's going to say some more stupid things later on in the gospel. Peter's not perfect. But Peter can acknowledge that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And no matter what happens, like I'm going to follow you to your death. Being a Christian, acknowledging being a Christian does not mean that I'm perfect. Peter's not perfect. But being a, being a Christian does mean that I acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Even if it's not a perfect acknowledgement, I'm on the process of more and more acknowledging that Jesus is the Lord of my life in every area. And because of that, he's going to provide. 
because Jesus is the Lord and because He's in control of everything, because He is in charge, I can trust in that. No matter how bleak or how dark it seems to get. Because because Jesus is Lord, when He says the gates of the netherworld are not going to prevail against it, He means it. No matter how, how, how discouraging or hopeless it may seem, Jesus said, the gates of the netherworld are not going to prevail against it. And Jesus said that to Peter because Peter was ready to receive that. Peter said, you are the Christ, you are the Son of God, and so when you say that to me, I can trust that as true, as God saying that. The gates of the the netherworld will not prevail. It reminds me of um, the book of Job, which is kind of like if you say it in in a sentence, it's like, the, the book that speaks to the mystery of why bad things happen to good people, right? So all these things happen to Job, and he's, he's, in, 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 he's depressed. All of his family have been taken from him. His house got destroyed. He literally lost everything. And his friends came to try to, like, point out to him all the things he had done wrong or trying to offer advice when he didn't really need advice. And eventually just kind of breaks down and says, God, I have no idea why this is happening, and I can't, I can't handle it anymore. And God, in that moment, reveals himself as, he doesn't kind of give a a logical answer to the question, but he reveals himself to Job as God, as the God who created everything, the God who is in charge. And Job says a super important line at the end, at the very conclusion, he says that before others had told me about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Knowing about Jesus isn't enough, isn't sufficient. It's knowing Jesus in my life. Who do you say that I am? I'd encourage every single one of us to take some time today, tomorrow, this week, write an answer to that question. Who do you say that I am? And when you write it, don't write all the things that you're supposed to say or all the things that you know about Jesus. We say it in the creed. Jesus Christ is the only Son, our Lord, conceived. You know, we we know all those things, and those are true and necessary. But who is Jesus in your life? Who do you say that I am? Because the answer to that question does determine everything. The answer to that question makes all the things Jesus says after true. That no matter what, The gates of the netherworld will not prevail. And think about it. Last thing. The gates, the gates of the netherworld. I usually think of that as like a defensive thing, like the church is going to stand no matter what comes against it. But the gates are on a fort. The gates are, are defensive. The netherworld is the one that's on the defense. And the gates of the netherworld cannot withstand the power of the gospel. The power of one who knows who Jesus is in his life is unstoppable. The gates of the netherworld can't hold against someone who, is, who knows Jesus because he allows Jesus to act through him. Who do you say that I am? I think if we all really sat and answered that question, it would transform a lot because the answer to that question is what determines how our lives go. And we have the grace today, Lord, to answer that question, to let you reveal yourself to us, 
as the Lord. And may we accept that as we pray the rest of this Holy Mass. Amen.